Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason. And we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Welcome to Screamplay, a show about spooky video games, with your hosts, Tom and John Ryman. Uh, this is our Halloween special, too. I know, I've got some, got some hot sake to keep me warm right now. What's well, good? It's appropriate. It's cold. It's a it's a cold fall October night. <laughs> oh yeah, in North Carolina, it's eighty degrees. It is forty around here, forties and fifties. So it's nice and chilly. Oh man! Yeah. So you actually need to bundle up. Maybe you should have a yeah. sake. <laughs> yeah, I just chugged a bunch of tea before I got on. So, I mean, drinking a warm beverage all well, like being all bundled up in junk, seems like perfectly in line with the game that we're talking about right yeah yeah he and barry have partaken in a lot of hot toddies by the fire yeah you know it's pacific northwest it's all the coffee yeah yeah oh uh, the nice cidery drinks washington yeah. apples yeah. yeah you're not buying anything that i'm throwing right now <laughs> Listen, we're all in town for deer fest. I want some deer cider. I'm gonna get some deer, <laughs> deer jerky. Cider. Get some little little deer skin socks for 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 the toddlers. You know they have some shitty like deer broth. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, they must. Yeah, definitely. Oh. But we are talking about. Are we gonna welcome our fans? We should. I mean, we'll welcome the people who are listening. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's. Well, fans I'm assuming they're fans and are. <laughs> Otherwise, why are you listening? <laughs> they may be forensic investigators years in the future. But uh, regardless, hello! <laughs> hello, Halloweenies. Uh, we're going to have an episode of Screenplay. It's a show about spooky video games, our special Halloween edition. It oh. is October the 31st. Uh. Halloween. So we've brought a bone chilling game for you today um but before that let's introduce ourselves i'm your co-host tom ryman i'm your other coast coast co-host john ryman i'm logan trent hey we actually introduce on this one. Oh yeah no i, yeah, I always logan lose trent. track about which one you do that for and which one you're supposed to hop in on so do i i never remember yeah. it's every time we start a show uh it's dave and i have to frantically look through our notes to remember which <laughs> intro we're supposed to be doing um logan thank you so much for being on man i am glad to be on this one this is going to be a lot of fun <laughs> we had we had to have another person on this because it's so scary 
two two hosts wasn't enough. It's so terrifying. We needed the power of three um, <laughs> yep. to talk about today's game, which is the scariest game ever released. Alan Wake. We're, of course, talking about Alan Wake. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Logan, I hope you didn't play this game by yourself, because I can't imagine that. This game, I had no idea existed. Or I had a vague... Uh, idea about it like maybe a couple of months ago then it was the PS free game for your subscription so I downloaded it and yeah no I was not anticipating what this game was going to be oh man (laughs) neither was I my son actually put me onto this game and said it was the scariest game he ever played he was not being facetious in any way shape or form real quick what it is it's Alan Wake was released in 2010 on Xbox 360 initially yeah, it was an um, exclusive. Yeah, uh, and of course we're all playing. They they just re-released a, a remastered version, Alan Wake Remastered, which is the specific version that we're covering today. Yeah, by Remedy Games and Epic Games. Uh, it's from the same team that brought us Max Payne. Yeah, you kind of get a little bit of that Max Payne vibe in there. Kind of Max Payne is another thing that is so gritty; it's comical. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm sorry, Logan, I interrupted you when I swooped in there to <laughs> tell everybody the, the date this game originally came out, as if that was important. Yeah, so the thing is, is when I first like heard about Alan Wake, I was confused because I had thought that it was one of those games from that weirdo guy um, who did Heavy Rain. Oh, David Cage? Yeah. Oh, yeah. his name? Yeah, Cage, I thought it was Cage. that yeah, because he kind of looks like a David Cage like protagonist. But then I asked you and you're like, oh, no, just play the game. It is hilarious. And yeah. you're absolutely right. <laughs> like, yeah, this, is, I think this I, is the naked gun version of a David Cage game. I messaged you like I before we get into spoilers, but I think I messaged you like 10 seconds into the game and I'm like, the first thing he said is, I'm a writer. Then he hits a drifter and shitty copies of his book fly out of the trunk. 10 for 10 intro. <laughs> <notes>. <laughs> yep. That tells you this game lets you know immediately what game you're playing. Yeah. I oh. forgot that's the first thing. That he also happened. has a Stephen King quote right before he says, I'm a writer. It's, yeah, just yeah. fantastic introduction. Holy shit. My God, this game. Well, before we get into too much of it, um... Logan, since you're the guest, why don't we're we're all in a we're all in a diner right now, mm-hmm. eating eating pumpkin pie and drinking cider, and a damn um, fine cup of coffee, yep. and a damn fine cup of coffee, and a waitress comes up and tells us how awesome we are and what a fan she is of us, but we tell her to fuck off because we're giant pieces of uh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, because we're huge pieces. Because of shit. we're huge pieces of shit. <laughs> but while we're waiting on the check to come. And uh, our to-go order, which almost certainly has spit in it now. Uh, why don't you favor us with a scary story and tell us a little bit about this game? Well, okay. So, um, Alan Wake is a writer. And he thinks of himself way higher than his actual status as a writer is. Because he's apparently <laughs> the author of a series of cop novels about Alex Casey. So, essentially, this is the guy who writes Bosch and Jack Reacher. Right, yeah. he's like James Patterson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's possessed. He like display. He kind of thinks of himself as this high regarded, incredible author. And when his fucking fan comes up to him in the diner and it's like, "Hi, yeah, blah blah blah," 
he just treats her like the worst piece of shit. And then later on, you get these, we'll get into the manuscript pages, but she literally yeah. says meeting him is the high point of her life, and he's just the biggest piece of trash. So, he's so mean to her. But, um, he's like mean to his wife. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. telling we'll the story. We'll get more into that in the, in the story portion. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Logan's telling so, a scary story. Yeah. So, as I said, like, it opens with that whole uh, Stephen King quote, and then his shitty novel throwing, getting thrown into the air after hitting a drifter. And then he wakes up on a fucking ferry because you realize that that was just a nightmare. And while he's on there, you just get to hear his moaning about his, oh, I gotta write. I'm so hard for a new story. I gotta write so hard. And his wife's like, just we'll relax. We'll take a nice vacation at this town that looks like every fucking stock town from an episode of Supernatural. And they go into there. And apparently, it looks like Vancouver subbing in for Seattle. Yeah, it's definitely Vancouver for Seattle, one hundred percent. Yeah, and then a darkness has been unleashed, and this darkness feeds on the shittiest type of storytelling, which we'll get into later. (laughs) But um, the undeniable power of Alan Wake's imagination. Yeah, my actual note because there's other stuff too, but. The darkness has terrible taste. All of humanity is in danger because of <laughs> shitty dad rock and a Jack Reacher slash Bosch novelist. And that's the plot. No, I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna fight you on that shitty dad rock, but we'll talk about that later. I I enjoy some of the songs, but just in the context of where they are fame wise, like that yeah. is definitely a dad rock band. But um, yeah, so the darkness feeds off of whatever creative things are getting made by terrible writers and it starts to turn them real. And as part of its little uh, plan, Alan Wake, who is supposed to be on a, okay, we'll take a vacation and I'll relax and I'll start writing Getaway, uh, the darkness Mm -hmm. lures it to a cabin on a lake and kidnaps his wife and forces him to write a novel to give it more power. And that's where the game starts. <laughs> the yeah. ghost kidnaps his wife. Yeah, because sure he's does. so good at writing. The ghost kidnaps his wife. <laughs> kidnaps his wife. The ghost extorts him for money. <laughs> the ghost kidnaps- And in many of the shots of him, I couldn't get over this. It's in so many of the little like cutscene shots of him hunched over his typewriter, feverishly pounding out the story, like, I knew I had to write these words to save my wife. Like the ghost is literally standing over his shoulder like an editor. Like he calls her his editor, like waiting for the pages. Yeah. Like, when are you gonna finish that chapter, huh? We need that chapter, bro. We need it. Come on, man. Come on. And as I... There was something really funny about the ghost just standing there to me. I don't know. And as I mentioned, this ghost has the shittiest tastes. And he's under this, like, (laughs) deadline. So we read these manuscript pages because as you're playing the game, you find these pages which are from his shitty novel. So what happens is the ghost makes him write for a week. And he just falls into a writer's trance writing his crappy novel. He somehow escapes crashes his car his shitty novel flies all over the island and you find it as you're trying to piece together what happened during your lost week and what happened to your wife and let me just say uh i think both of you made this point before i started this game but he writes exactly like garth merengue from dark (laughs) yeah 
Oh, yeah. We'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get the into other, it. The other world he's trapped in is called the Dark Place. Yes! It's called the fucking Dark Place. It sounds like we're making a lot of fun of this game, but this is the type of fun that I like enjoyed. Like I was never bored with this game, and as shitty as like his writing was and all of that stuff, I had a blast playing it. It was a lot of right. fun, and it was hilarious. So... Yeah, I'm glad you guys suggested that I play this. <laughs> I, I I would say thank you for that spine chilling tale, but uh... thank you for that tale. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not a spine tingling so much. But I think that the only other thing to mention is that this is formatted as episodes rather than like yes. stages. So each there's yep. six episodes and each is staged like a episode of a TV show. Our our agent Barry called ahead and booked us. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um we're not going to the cabins. We're going off the road a little bit to our uh, old friend's house. Mm-hmm. And uh we're gonna go visit with uh Vincent Price for a little bit and oh, have sure, him yeah. read over our our manuscript, give us some notes. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going inside Spookaboo Manor. Now I invite you to step inside Spookaboo Manor. Another another trip inside Spookaboo Manor. I swear it never gets old. These yeah. these these wall if these walls could talk. It's getting old for Vincent. He kind of rolled his eyes at us. That's true. Uh, this is where we talk about all the spookiness of the game, which is really where we're going to talk about all of the... God. Uh, spookiness? Can you hear the air quotes on that? That, yeah. that are in Alan Wake. It's <laughs> it's a game... I wanted to say something, because um, we hinted at it with the damn fine cup of coffee and the, the episodic stuff that Logan pointed out. Um, of course, we mentioned Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, which if you haven't heard of or seen before, it's a very funny British miniseries that you can find on Amazon prime i think that yep. stars a number of people that you've probably Matthew seen other Holness, stuff like matt barry matt um, barry yeah richard uh, richard Iwate. a um, lot of a lot of funny people in that show so it's a lot like that which is like a, it's like a spoof of a of a of a sinister daytime soap opera that is trying very hard to be scary but just failing at it earnestly but it also wears a lot of twin peaks on its on its sleeve this is a lot borrows a lot of, of the twin peaks general weird weirdness and oddness like if you haven't seen twin peaks in a while you might remember all the horror stuff but going back and, and re-watching it if you haven't seen it in a while it's, there's also a lot of like really strange stuff and then stuff that's just flat out wacky or funny and that's like alan wake that is this entire game <laughs> yeah there are a lot of odd characters in it like in twin peaks and the main character is in himself very odd yeah and then also just a huge nerd and oh, a God. real scumbag, real rude piece yeah, of shit. Yeah, we can't really... Okay, so this is like the first <laughs> thing I, I noticed. I was like... And we already touched on it with him being a dickhead to the waitress who literally said, this is the greatest day of my life. I, you're, you're, I'm your biggest fan. I get to meet you. And he's it's, like, basically tells her like, fuck off, leave me alone. It's not just I'm that. I'm not here for this. I just want to get my key to my shitty cabin and leave. She says it's the greatest day of, hers, of her life. And then she also writes, when she sees him and his wife together, she would do anything just to be their friends it's so oh, yeah. sad and she even put up like a standee yeah. like like a modest standee and by the way guys barry's 100 percent fucking that standee right 
There's a lot to there's talk lot about, Barry. <laughs> there, there's yeah, a lot of yeah. darkness. He's 100% fucking darkness mess. swirling around Barry. Yeah, yeah we've he's, got a lot to unwrap when we get to the Barry parts of this story. Because yeah, Jesus, what a character. He's 100% fucking that standee, though. Or at least sleeping with it. Yes. Or talking to it, having dinner with it, and having a conversation with it. This whole thing was because he has writer's block, right? So they go to this cabin, and his wife, Alice has arranged everything and even got him like a super cool like antique typewriter mm-hmm. and she's like i thought maybe like here relaxing a little bit you could you know maybe get some inspiration start writing and he acts like she took a shit on the table in front of him and he's, just he's really upset her. by it yeah yes he has like, the same energy of a cat like getting into a carrying case or something like he refuses to want to touch that typewriter <laughs> right he react he reacts like she bought land without telling him yeah, yeah. or so, like like a major purchase 100 percent. when um like she's afraid like a phobia with the darkness 100 percent. if he gets mad at her i guarantee you he turns all the lights off in their apartment like I guarantee it. Yeah, he is very passive aggressive. I'm assuming, like yeah. a very annoying person to live with, and you get that through the manuscript pages and some of the flashback yeah. shit that we see. Yeah. So, the the game, it's not really scary, um, but like I don't know it. I will say that like even though all of its genuine earnest attempts to be spooky just come off as cheesy, but in a, in an endearing way, like in an oddly endearing way. Um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll, we're, we'll, we're probably going to talk about that idea more, but like, I will say that there are genuine moments of tension playing the game that come out of the, the firefights that you find yourself in. Um, just because the main gameplay loop of this is you wander around in the dark in the woods for the most part, with a flashlight that you have to use to on these uh, darkness-shrouded enemies. First, you have to disable them with the flashlight, and then you have to shoot them with uh, a couple of... a very basic uh, arsenal of weapons. There's a shotgun and a rifle and a pistol, a flare gun, a couple of other things. The combat's very akin to the Thing video game, which I kind of want us to do at some point. That's the closest this game gets to scary. That's that's all I wanted to say. Yeah, they designed this to try to use the environment like as much as it could to kind of try to get it scary. Like there's some jump scares and stuff like with that, but yeah, like you said, it's that's really where the scares come from is just that. Yeah, sort of it's thing. and I'll agree with you. It's like it's the tension from being in the dark and in the woods and then you hear that wind whip up so you know that the darkness is coming. And you know that this game just springs guys on you, and it's like, are they going to be in front of me? Oh, they're going to be everywhere. So you you constantly are wandering through the woods with your head on a swivel. It's like, are any of these? And all the enemies look like the village people. They're just in different, you know. Yeah, they're different archetypes of small town jobs. Yeah, exactly. like they're wearing costumes they're of small loggers, town. They're, they're oh, miners. there's fishermen. There's yeah, yeah. There's lumberjack. There's miner. Yeah, but they have a. They have. They all just have a dark shade over them. So, <laughs> the, them themselves are. They themselves are not scary. But like that constant tension of like, oh god, I know one of these guys is gonna pop. That actually does provide some tension and dread. Yeah, one thing that I, because we had mentioned like the tension thing and it almost slipped my mind, but we were talking about those uh, 
his manuscript pages uh sometimes mm-hmm. because um i don't think we explained it those manuscript pages kind of tell what's happening in the game so sometimes you will get a yeah. manuscript page that will foreshadow a future enemy that you fight or something so you kind of have that building tension too like there's something where oh, it's that's like true oh a guy came out with a chainsaw and an axe and then you're just like yeah. wait or a what plot twist yeah there's a couple of plot twists that are sort of foreshadowed that way. And that was kind of a cool way to, to do it, um, to give you a little bit of dramatic irony. Um, but yeah, the, those pages are supposed to be the, the the pages of the book that the ghost is making him write. Yeah, right? that he wrote yep. during his like week-long like, sabbatical. Yeah. He fell into for a week. Yeah, he wakes <laughs> up. When he escapes, he drives away from that cabin that we had talked about, and he crashes his car, and he just wakes up, and it's a week later, and he looks like shit. And then, yeah, but those pages <laughs> do go throughout, like, the entire narrative of the story. So, like, yeah, you're starting to get, like, spoilers ahead of time that kind of raises up the tension and the dramatic stakes, and like you said, that'll also give you, like, plot twists and stuff. So, right, yeah, pretty creative design i guess in that regard no i mean right. the, like I, yeah we're laughing a lot at it but like this game guys this game isn't bad no. it's not bad it's just it's just funny i want to pose an important question to you both um because this this a, a lot of this game i'm trying to find a delicate way to phrase this because remedy is obviously a, a good developer that's made quality games it's a fun game to play with a huge cult fan base i think all three of us really enjoyed playing this but a question i want to ask is how intentional do you think the cheesiness of this is because there are moments where it feels 100 percent intentional uh, particularly where you find there's a series of in-universe tv show episodes for a twilight zone knockoff called night springs you can find scattered throughout the game which is just garth Marenghi's dark place right they're all so cheesy and they they have to they you couldn't not know that they're corny and there's a couple of like there's some meta stuff in there with the twin peaks references there's there's enough there that it's like i feel like this is intentional but enough of it also feels genuinely done in earnest that just it kind of happens to be cheesy like birdemic what do you guys where where do you guys think this game lands on is it like a sharknado where it's trying to be bad on purpose or is it earning its b-movie sort of cheesiness genuinely logan you can go first um so i think i think some aspects of it are very self-referential and aware like i kind of described it as a supernatural episode at first and i think that that's kind of the tone like in terms of scares and kind of some of the comedy beats but then you get like you mentioned the show like night springs and stuff and that's just really uh to understand that like in the game when you're watching it those are those little clips are by live action actors if you haven't uh played the game so they're very low rent like cheap like tiktok type level acting and stuff and those like i don't i think they understood that those were not going to be great but i also think that they tried to make them as well as they could cuz they have that one with like the hitchhiker who gets hit and it's just a time loop of him getting hit by a car with him and his wife and it just goes on and on i'm like wait no you actually thought that was a good story that's not a joke you tried <laughs> on that one and i actually yeah. like that one honestly that was my favorite uh night springs episode 
Uh, and yeah, if it's in the I game, think, I think I, I don't think I found that it one. It was a husband and wife were driving and they see a guy like on the road. I think they accidentally hit him. And then they go to check on him. The husband like backs up into the like street and gets hit by that car. And it just keeps creating a loop where they keep hitting him and going to check on the body and then hitting him again. And that was like the only good episode of Night Springs. Everything else is just like Tales from the Dark Side. It is kind of dope. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also, did you guys watch, there's like a actual like late night interview with Alan Wake in his oh own yes. watch, and it is just god awful. It's so my it's God, it's so the most bad. incredible thing it's I've ever seen. It's so bad. It's public access bad. Yeah. yeah. So like, Well, that's one of the points. Okay, go ahead. So sorry. like that, I don't know where that falls on the scale. Like if they knew that they were doing that that cheesy or stuff, because like the other things, there are like legitimate jokes in there that they are trying to do in like the mm-hmm. B sense type of thing or like the X Files wink and a nod type thing. How about you guys? Right. Well, like I'm, it's hard for me to tell because there's some things that's just like this is clearly Garth Marenghi. You guys, I am sure have seen Garth Marenghi at this point. It's just like you guys know what you're doing. And then they like play it so earnestly though, so I'm like, I don't know. But then you have like the knights like this game is not not clever. Mm-hmm. I mean, this game like everything ties in and I'm like, oh, "Okay, like and it it does kind of give you like this brain fuck at the end because Oh, man, was uh, Tom writing for Alan? Did Tom write Alan into existence? Or did Alan write Tom into existence? Is any of this actually happening? Like, you know, it, they give you this whole, like, chicken and an egg, uh, you know, scenario. Right, um, yeah. Because everything that these guys come up with, like, this, the darkness preys on creativity and use creativity to fuel it. So it uses Tom, who's a writer, it uses the Anderson brothers who are, you know, musicians and it uses Alan, who's another writer. And that it, it kind of, it, it kind of does make you weirded out a little bit. It's like, did, did Alan even exist prior to Bright Falls or cause like I said, it is kind of clever in that way. So it like, part of me is like, they, they have to know, they have to. Yeah, there are some like funny and weird, quirky things, uh, especially with like uh, David Lynch, who they cited as one of their influences was Twin Peaks uh, and Stephen King. And both of them, both uh, David Lynch and Stephen King do have senses of humor. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure. And I kind of like that about this game. The because you're not sure if the developers are in on the joke or not. And they don't say anything about it in interviews. They're just like, yes, we're making a horror game. And this is our influences. And I'm like, but do you guys know that it's funny? Because it's incredibly funny. So, like, I'm not sure. I'm not, I really don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same. Uh, to f- my answer to that question, I guess I, 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 I'm falling more on. I think it's intentional, but there's there's games I've played like Deadly Premonition, which is another horror type game that is uh, based very clearly on Twin Peaks, but that one is much more clearly um, intentionally goofy and cheesy. Whereas this one is really trying to blur the lines, but I, f- I feel I come, I'm coming down more on the side of this is all with like the mixed media, like you mentioned um, with the live action performers mixed in with the rendered video game characters. 
there's so much intent there that I just I I'm the more I talk about it, the more I lean towards it's intentional, but it's very, very well done. So it yeah. feels genuine in so many parts. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys know that there was a web series prequel that came out with the release of this game? I saw that literally like maybe a half hour before we started recording. Oh, yeah. So I have not watched it. No, I didn't. That blew my mind. They released a web series, a prequel web series of this, Tom. And I desperately want to watch it. Oh, man. I know there's like little side videos you can watch. If you find, if you noticed the QR codes that are randomly yeah. in some parts of oh, the game. Yeah. I did those. Yeah. If you scan those, they they load little videos of Alan doing some dumb monologue while he's typing Oh, God. Yeah, I will say this. <laughs> they do get some accuracies with like the type of writer he is. My favorite thing oh, is... Yeah. Um, <laughs> When you hold the sprint button, he gets winded way quicker than any other character does in those type of games because he's a God, shitty yeah. writer who probably has terrible lungs. Like, and probably smokes, too. Smokes all the time, yeah. And he, uh. he definitely... He's wearing a sweater. He's wearing a sweater the entire game. He's wearing a hoodie <laughs> under a tweed jacket yes, with the arm tweed pads. jacket. Yeah, he must smell he's wearing so a professor bad. Tweed jacket. He has yeah. not showered in literally a week. And he's like fallen into nasty lake water. And he's just running through the woods. There's no way he doesn't smell right. like garbage. It's just... Also, yeah. <laughs> I noticed something. He is wearing black cowboy boots, which is what Garth Marenghi wears. Ooh. <laughs> I just I didn't notice they were cowboy boots. I thought they were just really yeah. like nice wingtips or they something. They look a lot like cowboy boots with the pointed uh, toes and like the heel on the back. Go back and look at it. They look like cowboy boots. The, but, but the bottom line is he definitely smells like an ashtray in a used bookstore. Yeah, he looks like oh absolute god, yes, shit. that was that was doused in <laughs> toilet water. Um, he he looks like the paperback section at a truck stop. Yes, it's. There's a lot of hero characters in this where it's just people there, are there the are worst versions of anybody. <laughs> like, let's talk yeah. about Barry because I know everybody <laughs> wants to right now. Sure, he is a uh, chief among the the uh, secondary heroes in this game. How many oh, yes. lawsuits do you think Barry has had? Just oh god, how many has he managed for Alan, or how between many has the he both had of them, Sony? how many have they had to settle out of court? Because I feel like that those two have definitely had some legal entanglings. On yeah, like oh, I think man. he's, I think he literally says that Alan punched a paparazzo when he was angry. He yeah, that's a plot point. Yeah, yeah. yep. So oh, god. to show that he's a dick with a bad temper problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. but no, he's definitely like a Barry Zuckercorn from Arrested Development. Yes, he is a <laughs> very stereotype of a shitty agent slash lawyer. Like, um, he does he have shows one of... up wearing a Hawaiian shirt, shorts, and Marty McFly's jacket from Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah. puffy jacket. He also consistently <laughs> mentions how he hates Alan's wife, which is incredible considering that she's missing. <laughs> like. <laughs> Now I don't like him much, Alan, but I'll help you find yeah. him because we're best friends. <laughs> um, my favorite part. Is buried <laughs> right. around he does Alice. constantly remind her that he hates his yeah. wife. He's like, I don't get along with her, but I hope her dead body doesn't float up, Alan. Okay. And Alice <laughs> is a real bitch. 
but I hope we find her. Wish she was yeah. dead, but, you know, I'll hope you find her. In one of the manuscript yeah. pages, he actually talks about how much he likes Rose the waitress and how nice he is. And he's like, yeah, me and Alan always disagreed on women. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, we get it. So you did hate me and Alan Alan she tried to hook me up with her friend and I was, quote, not respecting boundaries. <laughs> But yeah, Barry does have one of my favorite jokes in the game, though. Um, Which one? It's later on, uh, you and the sheriff, you're like uh, trying to get away from the police station and you think Barry might have been like killed because there was like an explosion. And then you find him, but he's fine because as we mentioned, like light keeps the darkness away. So he's covered in glow sticks and shit. Like he's out at a rave and they try to make fun of him. Oh yeah. Christmas tree lights and stuff. And he's like, no, I'm just, Mm -hmm. I don't want to die. This is the smart. I'm covered in light. This is the smartest thing you could do. And he's absolutely right. It's a great joke. Yeah. Barry's a goddamn (laughs) cockroach. He survives everything without a scratch on. It is incredible. It's almost, it's, 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 it's almost like a meta joke because he's clearly the character that is introduced in a movie. You're like, well, obviously he's going to die and he doesn't. He survives getting no. drugged by uh, Rose with a bunch of sleeping pills. He survives a helicopter crashing and he survives an explosion of a propane tank that blows up an entire diner. Like he, and he's also like die. survives like two car crashes. Yes. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Fucking Alan flips the car down in the canyon and they're fine. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I was thrown free and landed in some bushes. I'm like, My you would still be fucked me. up after that. Nah, it's the puffy jacket. Yep. Yeah. That's also, true. he survives the kidnapping. I forgot about that. The uh, shitty. <laughs> so we mentioned Alan's uh, wife is bringing him to there to, like, you know, write and stuff. But there's also a subplot where there's this uh, therapist on that island that she kind of wants him oh, to meet right. so that he can, like, treat him. But then it turns out that this therapist is a fucking creep-ass piece of shit. <laughs> so... Right, it's like a gun dagger on the his desk. Yeah. A gun on his desk out in the <laughs> open in a mental hospital. <laughs> but And he's like, I love that the reveal that this guy's scam is, like, unrelated. Yes. Like, it's not related to the darkness. You find his diary. He's just like, I want to find, like, a creative person that I so I can attach myself to them and ride their coattails. That's yeah. it. That's as sophisticated as it gets. So, like, <laughs> when you understand that and you realize he has nothing to do with the darkness... Um, he finds Alan and he drugs him so that he can kind of convince Alan that his wife had died earlier and that all of the darkness stuff is just whatever is going on in his brain and that Alan is his patient so that he could steal his stories. But then literally later that night, you find that he has Barry locked in a storage closet. That was his grand plan. It was like, what? Barry doesn't even know he was kidnapped. No, he was just like, he's I've just been sitting for this there. guy for like three days. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. No. This guy's pretty rude, Alan. <laughs> so, Barry, you were kidnapped. This is a felony. He abducted you, Barry. So Barry just, yeah. Yeah, he's a real jerk. So kidnapping, a helicopter explosion, a, di- a diner explosion, getting drugged, multiple car accidents, and then just all the other assorted things. Barry is incredible. Oh, that drunk scene. Yeah. It's like, well, we got to hide out in this house and wait for the darkness to leave. (laughs) There are monsters outside. Let's get drunk. 
Yeah, while we're looking for your missing wife who's yeah. been abducted Let's get drunk on moonshine ghost. made by two people that we encountered in a mental asylum. <laughs> that yeah. was their life. Oh, those choice. are two other heroes. Yeah. God, Tor, Anderson Tor and Odin. Yeah. That, I mean, if we're talking about gameplay, I think that might have been my favorite part of the game. Is So we mentioned that they go to like that place that the uh, band lived at and stuff. There's a part where you have their sound stage and it shoots up pyro and you get a full supply of ammo and you just get to shoot oh, the yeah. shit out of people and it's probably some of the most like that's where it's like i think the game is in on it because they have fun things like that where it's like the oh this, yeah. this would be cool as shit right and it it looks like this the, the spinal stat the the spinal tap stage from yep. that episode of the simpsons they were yeah. on you got mm-hmm. barry on the ones and twos and he's like throwing his hands in the, the air music kind of like the guy saying kind of sounds like ronnie D- james dio it's like i'm like this is awesome yeah <laughs> like, it's yeah it's pretty sweet the other aspect is the other worst character in this game who is the i don't so do you think agent that the, nightingale yeah do you think agent nightingale is real is man i i think agent nightingale is struggling with that very question himself because jesus christ uh, agent nightingale Am I real clutching his bottle of whiskey uh nightingale just thinking up random author names to call alan wake oh god like, the guys, worst trend in there yeah we gotta Logan, explain who he is. We got to explain who Nightingale is. Okay, so during this thing where Alan is searching for his wife, an FBI agent just shows up out of nowhere, and he's apparently hunting Alan Wake. And this guy... Where there's not a federal crime being taking place. No, it's just a guy has had a car accident and has lost time for seven days and is wondering where his wife is. There's no reason for the FBI to be involved. But literally every interaction with this character, including Alan's manuscript pages, are all people talking about what a piece of shit this guy is. And every (laughs) first person perspective one from that character, Nightingale, is just like, oh, I hope I could get the booze to carry me along this way. Oh, God. (laughs) It's like if Harvey Bullock had a shittier brother. (laughs) Yeah. It's like Harvey Bullock without the competence. Yeah. You're right. Every description of him is is a person noticing recommenting on how how drunk he is and then his own first person perspective is like how drunk he is. oh god i need that sweet booze if i'm gonna beat alan wake there's a part where alan <laughs> manages to stumble into the local radio station because the host was somebody he met on that ferry that we talked about earlier and he starts talking to him and the host kind of blows that alan is there he's just like hey we have a famous author so Nightingale storms the studio and immediately draws his gun and starts firing on the host. He shoots just a at guy him. hosting a radio show. <laughs> and by the way, Alan is unarmed and has not been accused of committing a violent crime. He's unarmed and, and the sheriff of the town is telling him not to shoot. It's he's just right, a piece I, of I, shit. I wanted to Sorry. I wanted to point that. Yo, no, I was just underlining what you said. I wanted to make sure we pointed that out. Like the game understands that this is insane because it has the other characters be like, "That's insane that you're shooting at this guy." Yeah. And as John <laughs> brought Did up, Alan there's... Wake write this character. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like he's so underwritten and insane. Did Wake create him as part of his manuscript? Does he? Because he just disappears. The darkness grabs him, and you never see him again. So I'm wondering if he's... yeah, I thought. I thought they were going to do a boss fight with him, and they didn't. Yeah. You see him at the very end when 
spoilers alan has elected to trap himself in the darkness and write for the ghost uh to save alice and he reset the town to the okay. everything that the, the way it was the day he arrived and you do see nightingale in that scene he's kind of lurking in this house looking at waitress yeah so that, he, he's looking like a real like a real piece okay, of shit okay so that makes it even crazier then because like i excused <laughs> it i was like oh maybe he's just a hastily put together character that alan had to write <laughs> but he still could be creating him. He could be creating all of it. Like that's a question I actually hadn't thought of until you guys brought because it up. Like the whole the whole reality that we played through in the game could have been invented by Alan. So right. if he created that character, how shitty are the Alex Casey novels that Alan writes if that's the law enforcement character he's writing? Yeah. I mean, probably pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah. Um one other thing, John, you mentioned it. I don't think we got into it. Every single time uh, Nightingale meets Alan, he just calls him by the name of some author. And then by the end, he starts getting so esoteric. It's just like, okay, Brett Easton Ellis. It's like, what? Like, yeah. That's not even the same style he writes in. What? Yeah, he just goes all over the place. Like, he doesn't try to describe him as cop like authors or like mystery authors or anything. He just like grabs any book that he's probably heard an author of. Like he calls him like Dean Koontz and James Joyce and all kinds of stuff. Raymond Chandler, HP Lovecraft. He pulls specifically things that book nerds would pull. Yeah. But which is a very funny detail about him, I guess. Yeah. This guy looks <laughs> like he has never used a book except to beat a suspect in interrogation with. Right, he's he's choked a man with a book, and that's it. Or he's read like Hustler magazine or something like. Those are the only quote unquote printed literature that he has put his hands on. Yeah. Um, another thing with the manuscript pages that you kind of discover if you like start reading them all, this town is the most depressingly thirsty town I have ever seen. So. Yep. Um. First off, like. The guy who kidnaps Alan Wake's wife just has a whole thing about talking about how hot she is and how he's like, oh, I bet you like this. And that's creepy. Rose, the fan, has some weird, longingly, like, unrequited love with this deputy. And when you read the deputy's chapters, he's literally talking about how he has no love for his wife and wants to marry Rose. And then he dies and his last thoughts are about how he wished he could take his ring off and tell his wife uh, yeah. he did not love her. And then throughout the whole thing, the darkness is desperate for anyone who could tell a story and is just horny for words. So like, it's just everyone has this aura of weird thirstiness and it's just what if, really sad. What if... What if Alan Wake wrote the darkness into existence? I mean, these are the questions that this game poses. I don't know if I can approach that thought lest I slip forever into madness. I need the most powerful creativity in the world. Uh, give me Alan Wake. Tom, you mentioned, like, at the end of the game, Alan... So, uh, while his wife is captured, uh, he realizes that in order to free her, he needs to bring balance. So, of course, the balance isn't just, like, him dying or something. It's he has to give up his writing, because his writing is so good that it needs his writing for all of eternity. And it's just, he thinks so highly of himself as a writer. And his final <laughs> lines that he writes are the most dog shit lines. <laughs> Do you oh, remember yeah. them or no? Oh. <laughs> it's not a lake. It's an ocean. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Standing ovation. Yeah. Somebody does point out to him, I think it's Nightingale. It's Nightingale or the the weird fake 
psychiatrist does point out that's like it's weird that this like darkness plot it sure is seems to be painting you and your talent as a writer specifically as the savior of all humanity <laughs> yeah like a really narcissistic fucking thing that just conveniently happened to you there's there's even the thing where he talks about uh the character tom who's in a deep sea like diving suit for some reason like a real deep sea we're talking like mariana's trench deep sea diving suit that he apparently used in the lake mm -hmm. he's like i must have written tom into my story to give me a way out because i'm so good at writing and cool <laughs> yeah he's constantly so, saying like i need to figure I subconsciously out. wrote this in because i'm awesome oh uh, yeah no and again like it all becomes so hilarious when you realize that it's just a fucking like tom clancy level or like fucking jack reacher it, author it is, like yeah it is a thousand percent of food line paperback yeah exactly i was just about yeah. to say the same thing yeah. it's the kind of paperback you buy in a grocery store yeah it's yeah. the oh no shit i forgot my charger i need something to read on a plane of authors yeah <laughs> is Alan Wake. i'm yep. doing laundry i need something to pass the time Someone left this at the laundromat. This looks good enough to read. It's not, yeah. but it'll pass the time. I just, I need a stack of pages that'll make two hours suck less. So, yes. I love the Alan Wake. I love the idea of somebody had, like, dropped a copy of Shakespeare by the lake. Like, the fucking darkness's brain would have exploded. Like, oh, shit. This is so much better than the garbage I've been reading. Like bring me trash yeah who's this guy stephen king oh he's phenomenal what the fuck am i dealing with you for if you just gave the darkness a library card it would have been so much better oh no you would have doomed humanity yeah uh yeah does yeah. anybody have any more thoughts about the spookiness or lack thereof of alan wake oh man uh we're laughing a lot but it does have some tense moments and it God damn it, this goddamn game. It's a lot more fun while you're playing it, and it does get a little spooky. Like, if you just let it, like, kind of wash over you, you kind of... They do a great job of doing atmosphere and kind of trying to yes. use the environments in ways that do create oh, spookiness. Yeah. So, like, though yeah. we're making fun of it, like, it does understand the assignment, so to speak. So, yeah. It's, spook it's spooky in a haunted house. Mm-hmm like a like a haunted house for kids kind of way i guess in, in the i don't know it, it's it, it's it's immersive but it's fun it's fun and like we talked about with the seventh guest it's real like kind of b-movie cheesy yeah fun spooky like like pump pumpkins pumpkins and spiders spooky more than anything yeah, else. pumpkin spiders yes <laughs> yeah exactly pumpkin spider well let's let's bid adieu to uh vincent price who's kind of just nodding off in his chair you stayed too long. <laughs> let's wander out back, open the creaky gate into the uh, cemetery, and let's enter the boneyard. <laughs> Perhaps now we should go chasing through the boneyard. This is where we talk about the gameplay. Um, you know, the mechanics and stuff of actually playing the game. Uh, Alan Wake is, uh, we didn't really mention it, but... Um, it's a pretty standard third-person action game, very reminiscent of survival horror games of the time, like uh, Resident Evil 5. Um, uh, Over-the-shoulder perspective, where you just pew-pews, shoot a bunch of bad guys. You have a small arsenal of 
weapons and tools to do that, uh, like flashbangs and flares and flare guns and, and pistols and shotguns mm-hmm. and different kinds of flashlights. And that's pretty much it. That's that's the gameplay is light exploration. There's It's pretty linear, but there are a few side paths you can take to find hidden manuscript pages, which are always worth looking for because it's the, the joy... The joy of the cheesiness of this game is is what makes it fun to play. Um, but that's that's the the gameplay uh, in a nutshell. Yeah, the joy of finding out what Alan Wake thinks is good writing is worth looking for all the manuscript pages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even if it's like a paragraph of the internal thoughts of like a character that doesn't even have a name. Yeah, we needed to find this. <laughs> Nightingales are especially tragic, but also hilarious. <laughs> I, it's, what Logan said is so true. It's like if it's another, it's like Diana looked at Agent Nightingale and thought of what a drunk piece <laughs> of shit he was. And if it's a Nightingale page, it's like Agent Nightingale gripped the bottle of whiskey and thought about what a drunk piece of shit. He yeah, was. it's like I pray I have enough booze. Be cool and have all the girls like Alan Wake does. He wanted to punch himself in both nuts repeatedly. <laughs> all he could think of is how much of a larger penis Alan Wake had than him, which was. Terribly small because he sucked. What if that, what if that happened? Because like everything Alan writes becomes real. What if just like randomly he walks into a scene and his dick is like dragging out of the bottom of his pant leg? Yeah. Oh god, yeah. What were you talking about? I thought you were going to talk about this. Nightingale getting baby dick, but yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> just like Alan Wake showing up with an elephant's trunk hanging out of his pant leg. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think about this, Alice? Oh, my God. And then he just writes it out. Alan's penis wasn't as big as he said it was earlier. It was normal size, and it wasn't weird or scary at all. It, would, it totally didn't freak his wife out at all. She was really into it. For my note for Nightingale, I wrote, Worst FBI agent ever, mourned and investigated by no one after he dies. <laughs> Which, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they got the notice that he's dead. They're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Don't what, even look into it. What I like to think is like he came in as like a competent and likable investigator, but Alan Wake just wrote him that way because he was too suspicious. Of him. Yeah. Oh, man. That could be true. We'll never know. It could be. We don't know. Maybe that's why he's such an over-the-top piece of shit. <laughs> well, we kind of mentioned it earlier as far as the gameplay, but my yeah. favorite part probably was killing the darkness with rock and roll and fireworks. I thought that was a lot that of fun. That was a blast, yeah. That's yeah. towards the end of the game, but it is a lot of fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. Some And they do break it up like that because the gameplay is very... Um, I would say tedious because it's the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. And every time you get into a new episode, they reset your inventory. And sometimes they'll reset it in the middle of the episode. So like your all your guns are gone. Your flashlights are gone. Um, there's no leveling up system. So you don't have a skill to like, you know, make your, you have to find like higher grade flashlights to, um, you know, do more light damage to the, to the to the enemies before you take them down i i get why they did it because it makes story sense but that that was kind of lacking but they do set up some of these um fun like games and spectacles where you're like well okay i have this um you know generator here i've got some spotlights and stuff like that and just with like the fireworks and the spotlights in the uh rock and roll game they they the the gameplay actually is not bad. It, it's actually it's actually you know pretty fun at points. Yeah, there's a thing yeah. that they have where like whenever 
a monster or whatever is about to hit you, you can just dodge and they kind of try to create it like it kind of helps with like the cinematic feel of things. The only issue I would have with the game play, but this is more of a design thing, is that I feel like they could have used more variety on some of the bad guys because as Tom yes. mentions, they're all like the same type of like industrial worker like oh this is the same lumberjack i've killed like five times or this is the same coal miner i've killed like three times and they don't really have much variety beyond that and then same thing kind of with the guns too like i think you only get like there's kind of like just four guns i think you use the whole game pretty, pretty much, much yeah. yeah pistol flare gun shotgun and a rifle there's two kinds of shotguns there's a yeah. bump action and a double barrel yeah, yeah I flashbangs was, I and flares and stuff like that. Yeah, I liked changing it up with the flares, <laughs> being able to throw the flashbangs. It was a little irritating when they would just take your inventory away from you and, and it make you start all over again. Um, but it usually didn't take too long to get all your stuff back. On, honestly, there were just uh, there was like the things that tripped me up the most were a couple of weird design things, and then one genuine complaint. My genuine complaint is they do the 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 horde mode thing too often yeah. yes. which is a little frustrating to me in games of this type yeah so you guys know what i'm talking about but like basically for anyone who's unclear of what maybe i i mean is to take the place of like a, a traditional like boss encounter where you might fight a single really powerful enemy they just do a thing where you're stuck in an area for a time limit and you just have to fight your way through wave after wave of increasingly po more powerful regular enemies um and they do this, I think, in every single episode. <laughs> yeah, um, and and the they, and I already said like they incorporate new ways to like you know kind of do the combat and the, like with the um, uh, the metal stage, you know, the heavy metal stage. But that's really the only one that they do it with. It's there's no other really like fun. Man, if like they did something in town with like the parade floats and mm -hmm. stuff like that, that would have been really cool. Um, That's what I was hoping because yeah. there's that part where you're going through the town when you're escaping the um, the uh, sheriff's yeah. office, and like that could have been a time like you mentioned where. Well, there's a you yeah you have a like a little you have an, an enemy encounter around one of the parade floats. Well, it's but not, it it's just not, it's runs parked. them over. It doesn't light up anything. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't do anything. And yeah, like, but... if you're thinking about like Deer Fest, it's like, okay, well, this might be like a state fair type deal. Maybe they have some like cheap amusement rides and I stuff like that. I still think they're drinking there. deer during Deer Fest. That's what I think it is. Yeah, Deer yeah. Fest is just an excuse. Drinking mugs of deer cider. <laughs> yep. I'm on to you, Bright Falls. But yeah, like that was a missed opportunity. They had some opportunities to do that. They really only did it with the one scene. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I thought they could have they could have done some more fun stuff with that, uh, like you know bonfires or something. Because <clears throat> like you'll see fires in like trash cans and stuff, and they're not bothered by that light at all. I thought they could have had something with like a melee we uh, weapon or something like that, like you know, like a two oh, yeah. by four on yeah. fire or something, like a pipe or something. Yeah, yeah, that's. I guess the flashlight technically counts for that. But you couldn't beat him with a flashlight. That's true. Yep. You should be able to smack him. That's a, Logan, you know, that's a, a Chicago PD special <laughs> with like one of those mag lights. Yeah. Hey, let me get you here with that flashlight there. Yeah, there you go. You got it. Uh -huh. um, I had two little weird design things that are just kind of like nit nitpicky. Mm -hmm. These are the, like I, like I said, I had the legitimate complaint, which was the swarm of enemies thing that they sort of do as the boss uh, encounter for every episode. 
uh, these other things were just kind of like weirdness that, that tripped me up a little bit. Like the the first one is the default in this game for when you're aiming your gun is an over the left shoulder. Oh right. God, I kept yeah. having to adjust. You guys up? Yeah, I had to keep switching. <laughs> yeah. You're 100 correct. If you press, if you press like R3 down, you click it R3, switch it, it switches, and I had yeah. to constantly do that because I'm like, this just feels so weird. It's so weird looking over the left shoulder. The only it's time like... I've ever seen that happen in another game is when you're playing Shiva in um, Resident Evil 5 because she's left-handed. It's also an issue because, like, sometimes, as we mentioned, like, you're in the woods a lot and it's, like, there's darkness and you have to use your flashlight to, like, find shit. So you just always have to make sure it's over the right side because when you're trying to search for, like, oh, you need this key or whatever, like, it's so awkward when it's over the left. But, yeah, I totally forgot about that till you brought it up. It's just, I don't know why they did that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know. Another thing I didn't like about the gameplay is every time like something like an enemy comes at you they'll pause and they'll move and focus they'll slow everything down and focus on that enemy sometimes when they do that you're in the middle of trying to fight somebody else and that will fuck me up because i'm like oh, i gotta go i gotta come oh. on come on come on and it slows everything down or like when you shoot a um flare that sometimes happens and they zoom in for the Zack Snyder 300 shot of that guy getting blown up by a flare. Which and, rules. Yeah, which rules. But I'm fighting, like, because this game, they don't throw just one enemy at you at a time. They throw, like, eight to ten enemies at you at a time. Like, I'm busy trying to fight something else at the same time. I'm like, yes, that's really cool, but I really need to swerve to my left so I can take this guy with a chainsaw coming at me from the other direction yeah. and that kind of is annoying they had that a couple of times it happened to me where i was trying to shoot um like they had like propane tanks around and stuff and if you shoot them mm -hmm. they explode mm -hmm. and i keep shooting at it but instead it would go to this enemy that was like two inches over to the left and i kept yes. trying to adjust it and it wouldn't hit it and yeah, it was frustrating, the targeting out Yeah, the auto-target. Yeah. The yeah. auto-target was incredibly frustrating. Uh, like, I had a couple times where I'm like, shoot this guy. It's like, you mean this guy? No, this guy. You mean this guy? No, that's the same guy you showed me exactly. before. No, I want to yeah. shoot this guy. Did you guys like the um, the driving stuff? Because I kind of had fun, like, just plowing over a bunch oh, yeah. of, like, the yeah. headlights. Yeah, I would, I would... I turned it into a relay race. I would pull over anytime I saw a different car and I would jump out and take yeah, that car. Yeah, same. <laughs> I would do the opposite and try to see how much damage I could put on the car and see if it would still run. Oh, I should try that next time. Like, I was running without doors and without a hood on and shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, like yeah, see, I should have done that. That would have been way more hype. Uh, yeah. No, you gotta be hype, man. The final little little design weirdness note thing that I had is is the dodge. Uh, uh, it sucks. The dodge sucks. It's it like weirdly implemented. It's the same button as sprint, but you have to hold it and then press a direction, and then you'll dodge in that direction. It's awkward. It's weirdly implement, implemented. It's strange. It's the same button as sprint. There's my nitpick. And <laughs> I will agree with... I'll just touch on what Logan said earlier. Alan Wake has the cardio of a 400-pound 80-year-old man. And... Like, you can sprint for, like, uh, half a second, at which point he will slow down tremendously, and 
everybody in the game runs faster than you. Like, you uh, you can't run away from enemies that effectively. It's not, not an just athlete. slow down. Yeah. He'll slow down and put his hands on his knees and go... <sighs> <sighs> oh my god, I know monsters are chasing me, but I have to catch my breath. Yeah, like, he needs an oxygen tank. It's hilarious. It's just... That man has spent too much time around cigarettes in just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. He's been smoking in his chair too much. He's like, oh, God, why do I have to run? I could just be, like, smoking and drinking coffee and talking about Immanuel Kant what or whatever. You, why don't you write fucking rocket skates or yeah. a jetpack into your story, Alan? You <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, like, Alan Wake was in peak physical condition. Oh, I forgot right. to do that. You know, it's... It's got the huge vibes of like a dude who accidentally starts dating someone who's really into hiking and he's not ready for that type of shit. <laughs> like, oh, it's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Sorry. He goes down the bunny slope at a ski resort. It's like, I'm ready for Black Diamond. It's yeah. Like, you just find pieces of his equipment as you go down the as you go down the trail. That's what we're but, doing. We're gathering up pieces of his stupid book. Yeah, because they all flew out of his car oh, shit, because my they book. weren't my in a box or anything. My masterpiece. Um, yeah, the other thing that's frustrating is um, the enemies have perfect aim, mm-hmm. and even if you're running and trying to serpentine, which I tried to do, like. Because there's some situations where, like, the enemies will just keep coming, so you have to get to the checkpoint and they'll go away. But, like, I'll be running and I'll be hit with every single object they throw at me. You cannot... They they have perfect aim. So there were a couple times where I'm just like, what? I don't know what else to do. Because I'm running away. They hit me with everything they're throwing at me. They're about 50 yards behind me. I wish they played for the Bears, honestly. <laughs> With how well they and how far and precise they could throw. Anybody have any more thoughts for the old boon yard? Yeah, get some different enemies in there. Yeah, that's, that's just, about it. Yeah, just they really. I have fought lumberjack A about fifty thousand goddamn times. I didn't realize until really like when you two were bringing up just yeah they could have really tried to have a different type of ending fight for the different episodes like they did with the stage like that was just so much fun and it just glaringly sticks out when you notice how boring the other uh horde fights are and they only did this a handful of times but like uh with um what is his name carl or whatever you're supposed to get the keys from mm-hmm. like he's just talking gibberish at you the entire time like when you're fighting the ranger he's like just reciting like you know park rules and stuff that he has to do i like i thought that was cool and they only did it for like those two guys and then the orderly in the mental hospital and i was like oh well you guys could have done that more yeah Oh, we're talking about like the enemies will say something that relates to their past life. Yes, exactly. They're like, yeah, they're like just spouting gibberish, but it's like, don't feed the animals, you know, and (laughs) stuff like that. Yeah, it's a cool idea. Yeah, it was, it added a kind of like, that did add to the spookiness of it just because it's like, you can see that they're not alive. They're just kind of stuck in this, like. Yeah, they're on autopilot, essentially. Well, does everybody have all the bones they want? I've collected enough, I think. Yeah. I have a wheelbarrow. You guys can hop in it, and I can take you uh, into our next section, which we are now calling Trick or Treat. And this mm. is the section where we give ratings to uh, the horror of the story and to the gameplay on a scale of 
one to ten bones uh, for the gameplay, and one to ten spookaboos for the horror. Logan, you're the guest. You get to go first. What? Where on that scale of the spookaboos do you rate the horror of Alan Wake? I know it's a ten. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like I said, this is just kind of like a supernatural episode. Like even down to like the type of horror and like scares they do. So it's kind of. Like, I wasn't super scared, but like I could see what they were trying to do in terms of getting like jump scares and stuff. So it was fun. But, you know, again, like we mentioned, there's a lot of humor in there. So it never gets like too dark other than like, you know, your wife being captured and stuff, obviously. But yeah, it never being kidnapped by a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Kidnapped by a ghost with shitty taste. Um, but like, yeah, it never there's never i'm trying to think of a game where it really kind of like stays completely dark the entire time with like horror stuff you guys probably have a better example than that but it never oh, yeah gets... we had the evil within yeah like it one. never gets into like that type of thing so i'd say probably maybe like a six or a seven depending on how you take scares in terms of the spookiness all right well tom scale of mm. one to ten spookaboos what would you give Alan Wake? I'll give it a five. I think give it a five. It's it's tense. If if you're not if you're not uh, an old an old hand at playing horror games, I could see this one being pretty scary because uh, the enemies are kind of frightening uh, and the situations where you have to fight them can be pretty spooky. You have to keep your head on a swivel, like you mentioned. Um, they keep on coming, and yeah, they're they're kind of spooky. Um, but that's I, I can't imagine anyone getting scared by anything else in this game. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm content with a five. I will also give it a five. And the reason being is like, yeah, there's some tense moments, but the more I'm thinking about this game, the more I'm siding with Tom is like, they, they knew what they were doing. You, yeah. you have to. And it's kind of just like, like kind of a love letter to like these cheesy, right. super serious, like horror dramas, um, which is what Garth Marenghi is. Um, but, uh, yeah, like there are some tense moments, like when you're going through the woods and you know, they're going to ambush you with something. It's just a matter of when and from how many directions it's coming from. So that does build some tension. The story is actually not bad. It's, it's, you know, um, everything like I wasn't given a lot of question marks except for Nightingale. I was like, what the hell is with this guy? Yeah, no, I'd give it a five. It kind of like celebrates these, these, this one like, uh, like uh, kind of. I guess it's kind of niche, like horror drama area that David Lynch and Stephen King like to splash around in. It feels like an homage to the to the to the horror TV miniseries. Is yeah. what it feels like. Yeah, yeah, like Twin Peaks or like Friday the Thirteenth, the series. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, I'd give it a five. Five and it's yeah, it's a smiley face five. It's like yeah, this this was fun. Yeah, it's like broadcast TV level horror. It's not like you know, it's not something like you would be like, oh, this is super dark and scary, like you'd watch on like HBO or anything. But it tries, you know. <laughs> oh, you probably would watch it on HBO, but it's like essentially like the Red Shoe Diaries. Oh, I got scary. a big CW vibe from it, honestly. <laughs> like in terms. Oh of, like, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well. That's the horror section. Now we're going over to the gameplay section uh, where we rank it in bones because bones is the money that skeletons use. So 
Logan, one to ten bones on Alan Wake gameplay. Are we just including like mechanics and like variety and stuff? Or Yeah, and how fun it was to play. Yeah, how fun how like you personally would rank it. We're not really okay. going by like any like strict metric. It's just basically like was this fun to play? What did you like about okay. it on, this, on that scale, 1 to 10? This is a lot more fun to play than it is, like, innovative. Like, as you mentioned, like, there's a lot of repetition in terms of enemies and stuff like that. But the story is fun enough, and, like, unpackaging the mystery and all of the stuff that you could hunt down in terms of, like, the Night Springs episodes, the manuscript pages, the radio shows that you could listen to, and like all that assorted things, like kind of boost it way higher than maybe the lack of variety in terms of like enemies and stuff would like keep it down on. So I'd put this at like a seven, eight, like just I would definitely play this again and I look forward to playing the sequel, which I just saw a trailer for. So yeah, I'd be It'd be fun to go back into this world. I don't think that this is like, yeah. Getting tens across the board, apparently. Yes. Sequel. And apparently there was like a, I think there's a DC DLC game on this that I didn't realize that I need to play. Yeah, there there are like two DLC episodes that I haven't played, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'd give this about a seven then. Um. Yeah, I think I would agree. I think I'm, I'm landing on a seven. I thought it was reasonably tight, even with the weirdness I pointed out. Um, it was fun to play. It's a de- decent loop. Um, uh, it didn't. I, th- I think it. I think it uh, found enough variety to keep it interesting, just long enough for the game's length. So it did. It, it, I think if the game had been any longer, mm-hmm. maybe it would have started to wear a little thin. But perfect for for the length of the it game. It doesn't overstay. Uh, just welcome. right. I think. Like it's a exactly. well paced. I will also give it a seven. I think we're all going to agree with that across the board. I did think it got kind of long in the tooth in the last level where they're like, are you guys going to make me drive the entirety of this? Okay. They (laughs) sure are. They sure are. (laughs) Which makes a little bit of sense because they originally conceived this as like an open world game um, instead of linear where Alan Wake, uh, like everything was the whole town was evacuated due to the volcano and Alan Wake just got stuck in it and was battling um, supernatural forces. But um, yeah, it got a little long in the tooth there, but yeah, I mean, it's, they, they give you like moments like with the, um, the, the heavy metal stage, um, they give you, they break it up with some driving, uh, like different, quirky characters in it again with like the finding the manuscripts and reading just the absolute hilarity that was in there it's it's pretty fun i mean it's not like we've been laughing a lot and like making fun of it a little bit but i really honestly think it's it's a pretty fun time to to play especially i forget how much it is on the network right now the remaster it's not that much it's included with ps plus i thought yeah and also um it's not that long. It's it like seems to kind of fall in that sweet spot. Like they don't over. Logan's right. They don't overstay their welcome. Really, when once you start getting sick of it, is like when they end. Um, and yeah, no, I haven't played any of the uh, uh, DLCs or anything like that. But yeah, I'm looking forward to playing the sequel, and hopefully, it's just as dumb as this was because this is just dumb 
dumb fun to laugh at and have just have a blast playing. Um, one thing I forgot to mention, though, uh, one thing I did like is the side characters that you have walking with you, whether it's like you don't have them all the time, like the sheriff or Barry, like they actually do shit. Like the sheriff uses a shotgun is like it's not the oh, typical yeah, yeah, yeah. like side by side with an NPC where it's like, yeah. OK, you're just like actively trying to die, aren't you? Like, yeah, I thought that was a good mm. design element. And it kind of, also I kind of like the characters that they create in this. Like they have a lot of memorable folk, like as we had mentioned, like throughout there. So it's a lot of, a lot of heroes. Yeah, a lot yeah, of heroes. And that's kind of, of like fucking heroes. Yeah, you need that type of thing. And it kind of helps break the monotony like you guys were saying like <laughs> the, the the sheriff killed a lot of enemies for oh, me yeah. to be she honest knows how to use that shotgun she was like actively yeah, throwing down so and and i like how at the end like alan wake just writes out like how he committed mass murder like all those people that i killed then i didn't really kill them they're, they they're had no fine. souls <laughs> they're all fine they're all fine you can't charge me with this in court yeah they're all at deer fest they're all drinking deer, fest. deer cider and besides the sheriff killed most of them should we uh should we move on to our final section there? Oh man, we see the blue and yellow lights in the distance of the last remaining blockbuster haunted with the souls of many 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 Saturday nights. This is should we buy the BHS? Please tell me that I should just buy this BHS. Logan Yes. We'll uh, cut to you. Do you buy this? Does this go in your cabinet of curiosities of horror video games? Yeah. If this was a, a, a greasy, pizza-stained VHS movie, would you add it to your film collection? Would you add it to your horror movie collection? Do you take this on sleepovers? As a game, like I mentioned, I got this for free from PS plus or whatever i would actually have paid for it like if i had known that it was going to be this one like i would have act, like happily paid for that in terms of like the vhs collection aspect of it 110 percent yes like i could totally see us watching this on a movie night and just having a blast oh, yeah. <laughs> freaking talking about yeah, all of absolutely. these characters like it is it's exactly what you want this type of uh story to because it's not smart enough where it's like okay this is like whatever elevated horror or whatever bullshit term you want to do like it knows to have fun when it needs to have fun so in terms of like vhs like it is the perfect like vhs type video game like yeah just from story to like concept and that like there's this is such a 90s vhs movie that we would be watching yeah uh uh, i agree completely yeah (laughs) this is one of the most vhs video games we've covered so far yeah abs of course you buy this i show this i make every one of my friends see this yeah absolutely 100 percent. you absolutely have to have to buy this game um it's it and like i i hinted on earlier it's that thing where you know there's the you know it's the joke but you're not a hundred percent sure whether or not they know. So it's just like, that's part of the fun of this game. It's just like, what the hell are you guys doing? (laughs) It's, it's just, and like every, every line is so cheesily 
delivered. They have those live videos, like that fucking late night interview. <laughs> just everything in this game is just so much, so weird and dumb and fun and like they have to be in on it. But uh, yeah, this is like you watch this on multiple movie nights. <laughs> like uh, this is one where you're like, we haven't watched uh, Alan Wake in a while. Yeah, put exactly. That back on. Throw that <laughs> you know, on. Like, yeah, throw Alan Wake in there. Yeah, throw Alan Wake on. That's a crowd pleaser. And yeah, this game is a crowd pleaser. I I yeah, I love this dumb game. So yes, it's a hundred percent a buy. Well, we've come to the end of things. That that's a sode. We've done oh, it. God. Oh, high gosh. fives. High fives mm. all around. So what now we must game. throw ourselves into the lake and continue writing exactly. because it's not a lake. It's an ocean. <laughs> I'm going to right. write shitty crime fiction for an eternity. Uh, seriously, like they hit the fate of the universe hangs in the balance. Like I know that we're saying they're in on the joke, but there's no way that that person didn't think that they wrote a banger with the it's not a lake, it's an ocean. Like, and they were so wrong. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a Garth Marenghi line. Also, yeah, it's so uh, perfect. I don't know if this is a issue, but like, yeah, if you guys aren't good at video games, like it has an easier mode and stuff on there. So just yep. like, you know, it's one of those games where if you're playing it on easy mode, it's just going to feel like you're playing a movie. So it's very immensely play- playable in that regard, too. So, well, Logan, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Uh, yeah. What do you, you want to plug? What do you want to say? Where can people find you? Uh, Find me on socials at the Logan Trent, and you know, uh, I say this on every podcast, but yeah, if you if you're listening to this or any of our friends' podcasts, please leave a review because that shit really helps a lot. So yeah, do that. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, of course you can find me on uh, Twitter. I refuse to call it the other name or uh, Blue Sky at Johnny Rhymes. And if you're interested, you can head over to patreon.com slash gameplayunemployed, uh, where just five little dollars will get you access to all sorts of cool exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, Spiel Boys, uh, and other shows as well. Plus, we have other tiers where we do movie nights with our patrons every Friday night. You can make your own custom podcast series about just about anything you want uh, and a bunch of other things as well. So check that out. Um, and that's it. Say goodbye, everyone. Bye. Get out of here. Get. episode artwork is provided by doc garby you can follow him on twitter at underscore jd burrows underscore our channel artwork is produced by michael vincent bramley you can find more of his artwork at instagram.com slash mv bramley art